Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 55th episode of the podcast on January 16th, 2014. It's getting to be a pretty good number. It feels like so recent that it was like, oh yeah, this is this 50. Yep. Although that would be a little over a month ago. Amazing how time flies. Uh, this is the last... No, to, next week is next the week. last weekly episode, and then we go back to our, our bi-weekly format every other week. Football goes bye-bye. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that week between the conference championship game and the Super Bowl, there's nothing happens. Not I really. Mean, I mean, as far as football goes, but then uh, it's going to be just a, a slow time in the sports world. Joel, how have you been? Good. Um, just ready to talk about sports. I just have not been paying that much attention to them this week. You know, it, it tends to happen. I know next week it's going to be a, a crazy one for me. I'm leaving for yeah. New Mexico on mm-hmm. Sunday. I come back Wednesday night. We're going to have to record Wednesday night, and then I'm flying out to Florida on Thursday morning. So Yeah. And uh, what was it? You were at the, the auto show this week, I was week, right? at the auto show this week. It's not necessarily sports, but it's it's a pretty good time there, nonetheless. Yeah. Though, you know, I know my dad and my brother want to go on Saturday, which mm-hmm. is when the first public day opens up. And <laughs> you're like, been there, done that. It's seriously, <laughs> they did the same thing last year, and I'm like, no, I can't. I'm so burned out. I'm done <laughs> with that show for you know the year. <laughs> and it's funny because you know that takes place in Kobo Center, Kobo Hall. Yeah, which is where to. half of Yomacon is. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I know this place already. I was here a couple months ago. Yeah, no big deal. So well, it's funny because like I was thinking of interestingly enough last night I was like looking at flights because I was thinking about going overseas uh, during my spring break, oh, yeah. and one of the layovers. <laughs> On the way back was five hours in Detroit, <laughs> and I was like, "Hmm." I was like, well, "I'd be night like I was like if I to get laid over somewhere that long kind of like sucks." But I'm like, "Right, I know people close to there, so it wouldn't be as bad." But yeah, I'd drive down and go to beat ups and <laughs> yeah, do something. When when would that might be? Um, that would probably let's see. I think it starts like March seventh, so come back okay. on like. So I wouldn't come back until, like, which is when that would be coming back. Uh, let's see. Probably, like, the 16th or something like that. Okay, I think close. it's a Saturday. It's that'd a be Saturday. close to when I have to travel again, but I would probably be in town. That'd yeah, be, but I was, like... on that. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, like, hopefully, like, I'm, I've been looking at this flight the other day, and it's, like, still there and everything, and it's, like, really cheap. And, it, you know, like, you know, to get, like, a, any kind of round trip stuff, it's so much cheaper. And I was, like... Yeah. The thing is, like, on the way there, it's sending me, you know, I think I have a layover in Amsterdam, damn, and that's it. There um, you go. <laughs> and uh, it's, like, two hours, um, and it's, like, a really quick flight. On the way back, it's going to be, like, 18 hours if you add all the layovers and everything. But I was, like, five hours in Detroit compared to, like, some places where I don't know anybody. Yeah. I think that's what I'd go with. Mm-hmm. No, I'd agree. Oh, well, let's yeah, keep posting on that. Yeah. Anyway, real life things aside, auto show <laughs> is a good time. You know, it's North American International Auto Show. Although around here, it's just, you know, it's the Detroit Auto Show. <laughs> no big deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, it's fun to, to kind of see the media press side of things. It's just a whole lot less. Yeah, there was, it. there, there's like a lot of news coming out of that, yeah. didn't they? I think Ford had something. Ford did on the. News well, they had revealed the Mustang earlier, but that was the mm-hmm. first auto show appearance for it. They revealed the new F-150. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chrysler, the new 200, oh. which is their their flagship midsize sedan mm-hmm. to compete with all the you know, Camrys, Accords, uh, 
all the the fusions. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you know, not like I'd imagine like, you know, people seeing those more like energy efficient things that they come out with because every car, you know, every time they make a car now, it's like even more efficient, more efficient. I imagine like, especially with the way I mean, gas prices are just crazy sometimes like i'd imagine like that that's the kind of stuff that people are like really enticed to buy yeah oh yeah although you know around here the whole electric vehicle thing hasn't caught on oh no but you know you're talking california yeah that's a whole other i mean they're they're just they're finding ways to get more out of the fuel that you actually put in than um you know going completely electric because I'm, I mean, there's people that are on board with that now, but I'm sure that that's probably still a while off. I'd say before everybody starts converting more towards that. Mm-hmm. There are a whole whole bunch of issues that go along with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm 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 glad this auto show is out of the way. But I know in early February I'm going to Chicago just before my birthday for that auto show. So yeah, and then New York in April. So. Woo! I, I'm traveling so much these next few months, so we'll see how that all falls. You're getting the... like, uh, getting like the little. I, I'm assuming you're like picking up tons of mileage, but I mean, like, you're getting like perks for using certain things. I got, or... the, I got the Delta Sky Miles Gold credit card at the start yes. of the year. That Get is what the, you do. The priority boarding and the one bag free, which is important because when you have all the camera gear, that exactly can get pricey. <laughs> Oh, man. You're pricey. Well, back in the sports world here, we got some quick hits. Uh, what's happened this past week? The football hirings in the NFL. The Browns are the only one left uh. without a coach. But they say that it's all part of their plan, that they're working on it, and we'll see if Browns are going to brown. Uh, but the Detroit they're Lions hired... Bill Cowher. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, they're, their first choice, from what reports are saying, is... Uh, the offensive coordinator out in Denver, but he's not interviewing until their season. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit Lions though hired Jim Caldwell, huh? former Colts coach, and you know, we thought Ken Wisenhunt was you know, uh, the name uh, sneaky, to be, but he went to Tennessee with the Titans gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a big deal for Detroit. You know, the first black coach. Definitely in my lifetime, it may be ever, but you know, for a very long time, mm-hmm. first first black coach there. So we'll see if that helps you know, with the players, maybe some of the discipline problems they've been having. Uh, he's saying all the right things, but his history without you know someone like a Peyton Manning, he was going to get fired in Baltimore as the offensive coordinator if he didn't get that head coaching job. So. Hmm. We will see. Uh, and then the Vikings hired Bengals defensive coordinator Mike Zimmer, who yeah. apparently is known on the Hard Knocks program as the one who curses a lot. So <laughs> that's that. But the Browns, Browns are left. Uh, yep. Aussie Open for tennis, Australian Open. Uh, that event is always so hot down there. And it you know, starts in January here, but because of the Southern Hemisphere, the seasons are flipped. That means it's summer right now. And my goodness, it's hot. Yeah, uh, it's like I can imagine like how dry it could get too. Oof. Yeah, it's definitely a, a dry heat, not humidity. Thank goodness, but it's still 108 Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's, I mean crazy. that's where, especially when it's that dry. I know like a lot of people that live out west, uh, you don't realize how dehydrated you are until mm-hmm. because you don't sweat as much. Right. Um, so they get you know. I'm sure they'll be hydrating people like crazy. So. Uh, there have been a couple small upsets. I mean, Venus Williams got knocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabina Lasicki, Juan Martin Del Potro. But otherwise, you know, the the big names are, are moving on. Uh, heat aside, you think they'd at least you know maybe put some sort of you know roof, some hmm. sort of coverage for that? But nope, it's still on, on the hard court, which just makes it that much worse. Oh yeah, I, I mean. Clay would be one thing, but the hard court with you know the rubber soled shoes and things are melting. Don't sit down on that. Exactly. And A Rod is continuing to be A Rod. Alex Rodriguez <laughs> accepted the lesser suspension as part of a deal. 
Still 162 games all of next season, including the postseason, should that happen for the Yankees. So he's sitting out a year, and he's still talking. He's now suing baseball and the players' union. That's probably going to get thrown out in federal court. Um, he's going to get left with nobody. It's It's been all over the news this week. I mean, like everybody's been getting interviews. and Yeah, the, yeah Tony Bosch from... Mm-hmm. That, that clinic yep. saying all sorts of things on 60 Minutes, though I don't know how trustworthy of an individual he is, but nah. certainly said some interesting things. Getting into the red zone, though, which is our three biggest sports stories from the past week, I'll start us out with a story I came across today, which is a, uh, a rather interesting report. Uh, comes from Outkick the Coverage, mm-hmm. which is a Fox College football blog. Uh Author is Clay Travis, and this kind of reminded me a bit of the journalism effort of the Deadspin report of uh, the Monte Teo story, mm-hmm. and that broke with the Lene Kakua. Is is she really fake? Is she dead? Doesn't exist? Blah blah blah. Trying to break the lid off of something like this, except. I think there are more politics. Yeah. This one comes from a, uh, a report that down in Tuscaloosa, where the University of Alabama and football there is king, a Alabama an Alabama booster who has been disassociated from the university by way of a letter, which I'll get to discussing. He owns a suit shop. In a mall, but out of the suit shop sells bunches and bunches of Alabama memorabilia. Now you'd say, well, that's fine, you know, own, you know, past items, you know, some signed goods, and make some money on the side. Maybe, you know, buy some of these things to sell them at a turnaround of a profit. Except 11 current players have memorabilia in this store. A.J. McCarron, T.J. Yeldon, Mari Cooper, autographed jerseys, footballs, game-worn things. Yeah, I was just looking at the store a little bit. This is uh, this is kind of problematic, <sighs> a bit shady. You know, football helmets that have the autographs of all... Of the players from the National Championship 2012 Alabama football team. The thing is, University of Alabama... I'm trying to think of, remember or catch how many years ago or how recently they have a letter that was supposed to disassociate themselves from this individual, Tom Albatar. Uh, says, you should refrain from obtaining any items of memorabilia from our student-athletes, including used equipment and apparel. You should also refrain from obtaining autographs from our student-athletes when they are in your store. So this is the university's way of trying to cover their ass if you know, something happens with this guy and they're like, hey, well, we didn't know he was, oh, he was, uh, he's not associated with our university. Except he's getting current players to come into his store, and there are apparently pictures with AJ McCarron, you know, different occasions, like 13, 14, 15 times taking pictures with him in the store, and he's wearing different outfits. So that means he's been there multiple mm-hmm. times. For yeah. someone who's supposed to not be making this kind of contact, with the student athletes. Gloves sold for $1,200. Cleats for $950 that were game worn. I'm sure these players aren't making any sort of kickback at all this way. Yeah, I mean, like, what, I mean, first of all, what, what kind of person would just, like, give someone their shoes? <laughs> Without being enticed. Yeah. Or without having any sort of 
you know, something else coming back their way. Oh, you need a new suit? <laughs> you, need a, you need a suit for that draft there? <sighs> Remember me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, how is this no. any different than what happened at Ohio State with the tattooligans and the game-worn pants mm. and the merchandise sold there? It's not. Yeah. But here's the difference. It's Alabama. Hmm. It's the SEC. See, the NCAA was able to roll over Ohio State, and you know, as Michigan grad, as much as I hate Ohio State, as I can say that they were targets because they're in the Big Ten. Doesn't necessarily have that national prominence, but it's the SEC. It's the big time, and Alabama. Oh, they're too big to fail in the SEC. Not to mention, who's the company that just kind of got in bed with the SEC? You know, bought the rights to broadcast their championship games, has a distinct share in their SEC network? Oh, that's ESPN! Mm. So you probably won't be seeing this story covered on ESPN. And I almost doubt that it's going to get the kind of national recognition that the Ohio State story, the Miami booster scandal story, something like the Manti Teo story. There's all this evidence, and it's really good journalism here. Great art. It like, makes me wonder more about, like, because, uh, you know, Texas has a pretty nice deal with ESPN. It almost kind of makes me wonder if, especially now that they have a new coach, if... Maybe a few years down the road, you might hear something about recruiting players or, I don't know. It, it, it kind of, when, when you hear more and more situations like this, uh, dealing with uh, schools that are favored by networks and and they're just having lots of success and all the top players want to go there, it's such a, like a big competition to get those players to come that instead of going out and recruiting like you should, you you know you've got boosters like putting their getting their hands dirty and trying to get that person to come there and it makes you more skeptical. You know, you you're just not really sure anymore <laughs> who to trust or. There's uh, definitely a uh... so much money, right? Uh, saying among skeptics, especially for college football, if you're not cheating, you're not winning. It's the thought that, you know, these big programs, you know, schools that are doing it the right way against these kind of big monster programs, the schools that are doing it the right way probably aren't going to meet that same level of success. Yeah, they may have one to two good years, but the kind of sustained dominance yeah it's really hard to do because especially what alabama did over the past couple Mm -hmm. years like so i mean that probably makes people question it a little bit more i mean you know oregon had all that success and there was stuff going on there usc yeah so we make the play here will any significant attention be brought to this in the next two years and I'm going to remain the skeptic. I doubt it. I think you know, the ESPN coverage, the national recognition of this story, I think it's just going to get swept under the rug. It's, it's the too-big-to-fail concept. And, yeah, something may happen where Albatar talks and he just kind of rolls over the, the program. Because, face it this way, he's kind of got them by the balls. Mm-hmm. With what he's doing, the kind of connections he has... But I think just the NCAA is prone to kind of act this way and try to keep quiet on things it wants to keep quiet on. So I think that's what's going to happen with this. I just wanted to bring to mm-hmm. your attention to whoever listens to our show, their attention. It's, it's something. We've got a link in our show notes. Check it out. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think... Uh... The only way that more attention gets brought to it is if it's picked up by, you know, like, a couple, like, networks or something. Like, they have to go with the story. If there's more 
investigation into it. And I think that's the only way because it seems like uh, it seems like everybody else knows about this stuff way before the NCAA acts like they know about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's almost like I almost feel like if you, if you were to go there and like actually see what those workers see that work for them every day, they probably got like a big list of all these teams that are like questionable, but they're like, which ones do they put at the top of the list kind of thing? Which ones do they kind of just shove aside and ignore? Um, I don't know. I, I'd say without any extra attention brought to it, I don't think that anything's going to happen. Hmm. Yeah. Come on, Deadspin. Pick up on it. Expand <laughs> on it. You got some good writers there. Yeah. Anyway, th- this just happened today, our, our 10-year line story. Do you want to talk oh, about yeah. it or, or um, did you just miss on it? The, uh, yeah, like I just saw, what was it? I just saw, I think you were the one who retweeted the yeah. tweet that I saw. Um, it was like ESPN explaining how... Um, like the owners of all the teams today overwhelmingly uh, approved of the expanded replay in uh, baseball games. Um, and it, the, the, at least the system that they're going to be putting into place is they'll allow, you know, owners, who is it, managers of uh, the teams one challenge per game. And uh, I believe if you successfully challenge and get it overruled then you get another challenge mm-hmm. um and then let's see what is it i'm trying to think at what point there's a point in the game where seventh inning yeah yeah seventh inning where the like you know the actual officials for the games will um be able to take a look take like their own replay look and i, I think maybe the exception of that is home runs um I think well, home runs is. The, or, I mean, uh, home runs is what will be able to be reviewed whenever. Right, right, right. That's but that's it, what happened this yeah. year, and it turned out mm. pretty well. Yeah, um, but it's it's interesting. I've I've seen actually a few players already, you know, tweeting about it and uh, what they think, and it's just like a lot of people are giving it a positive reception because at least if you take other sports that have used this and initiated it. Um, it's really turned out well, and I think it it really because I think what's interesting about it is more often than not, a lot of things do get overturned because plays happen so quick that it's hard to judge what just happened by the human eye, mm-hmm. and you're not always in the correct position to view. Even if you're standing in the right position, a ref could be standing five feet away, and he might not see, see that toe scrape. Using football as an example. Right. To see if it's an incomplete pass. So, I mean, you know, as fast as they're throwing and hitting these baseballs, I mean, you got to imagine it's really hard to call the the play as it is when it's happening. Now, I am glad that balls and strikes are not part of this. I, <laughs> I agree with the aspect of the human element, and it does, you know, keep something different, you know, and unique to the game where each umpire has their own strike zone and mm-hmm. how they call a game. I, you can have the little computer there and I know the different broadcasters have that for fan reference, but you know, don't have that be what dictates the game or else you're going to lose that human element, which is important, but this was a necessary thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think baseball was stuck in its way for too long about this. And you see certain things like in Detroit, you know, I can't help but think of the Armando Galarraga, you know, blown perfect game mm-hmm. by Jim Joyce's first base call. You know, the last out for a perfect game, runner is clearly beaten by a step and the first base coach calls him safe. Uh, that could be challenged and, you know, history could have been made. You know, the right, they in football, they always say, you know, as long as the call is right in the end. And that's right. It's, that's what's important. That is the, the critical thing. So in addition to home runs, uh, you know, the expanded 
baseball replay. There's a list here that says includes ground rule double, fan interference, uh, stadium boundary calls, force plays, tag plays, uh, fair foul, and trap plays on in the outfield only, which makes sense. Uh, batter being hit by the pitch, a timing play, you know, tap tap on the on the base, uh, touching a base. Says requires appeal. That's interesting. Uh, passing runners, you know, when runners pass each other, and you know, an umpire may have missed it. Go back mm-hmm. to replay to see it. Uh, and record keeping for statistics. Now, for force play, very interesting to note. Uh, the exception is the fielder's touching of second base on a double play, which sometimes you know there are people who make complaints like, "Oh, he he didn't really touch second base." And yes, some of them are ridiculous uh, when it's. When it's among the more ridiculous misses, like, oh, he's not even standing close to the bag. Like, that that should be caught. But more often than not, you know, when they're trying to drag the toe and make the effort, like, it's more like giving the benefit of the call, which I'm okay with that. But, yeah, other other sorts of force plays that needs to be done. So I think they're doing the right thing here. And we make the play here. Will this be received positively by the end of the year? What do you think? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really see too many people being like, oh, it's going to slow the game down more than, <laughs> than <laughs> as long as some of them last anyways, or... Yeah, yeah. really? Your baseball's long <laughs> enough. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't really... I mean, it's, again, it's only one per, and you'd have to win that to get another one anyways. Um, I mean, I could maybe see, like, when it gets to the seventh inning, that's slowing things down a little bit because since they're able to do that, they'll probably take their liberties and, and try and get everything correct. Mm-hmm. But like I, I don't I don't think it will significantly add to the time of the game. You might get one more commer- one, two more commercials, something like that. Um, besides that, I I mean I don't I don't really see why you would argue against it or if anything, it, it probably should have already happened. Yeah, but there, um, there are far other things that baseball could do to speed up games, mm-hmm. and honestly, this is just a drop in the bucket. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference as long yeah. as the call ends up being right. Yeah, just get it right. <laughs> That's what everybody wants, anyways. Nobody wants to. It's like nobody wants to lose a basketball game on a on a. Where, where somebody got hacked on a shot and they clearly didn't call mm-hmm. the foul. Just like I'm sure the other team doesn't want to get lose the game on that. As long as it's right, as long as they called it right, you can't really question it. And if they're going to look at it again anyways, then you certainly, you're certainly like, oh, the proof's right in front of me. I might as well shut up, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I, does this add replays like for the the people there to see? You know, like the games, it probably would. I wouldn't see why not. Some of them they show, some of them they don't. Well, because we, if you're watching the game at home, you get to see those replays. Sure, I'd, I'd imagine maybe there, unless, unless they've, you know, they've got like it ready on the video board to do. I, I don't think they do that everywhere. If they not everywhere and not for every play, but I would imagine it, you know, kind of developing like the NFL did. Mm-hmm. Like when they're going to review, like they'll show the plays on the the stadium for sure. Yeah, I mean, so if anything, that's that's entertaining to hear the the crowd go oh, when clearly like that's my, one of my favorite things in the NFL now <laughs> is that when they go to review and it's clearly like against the home team, like they still go, "What's that?" <laughs> Because, you know, half of them are drunk anyways. But No, I, I think this is a great thing for baseball. I think it's going to be received very positively. Uh, granted, you'll get some situations where, you know, umpires or managers may mismanage how they, you know, call oh, for yeah. these replays. Like, yeah. will they blow their one replay too early and then they'll miss their chance in a critical play in the sixth inning? Yeah. You know, so we'll, I'm sure we'll see some of those. I mean, we all think that we're 
geniuses when it comes to like calling timeouts in, in right. any sport. Like, and we all think the coaches are idiots <laughs> because of how many, you know, we've watched so many sporting events and we're just like, how could you be that stupid? So I'm sure they'll be the same kind of thing with this. And it looks like these are you know, uh, called by, they might even be an official, you know, in, in the stands or whatever that mm-hmm. is the, you know, replay official. But they haven't gotten to the point yet where oh, it goes back to baseball headquarters and all calls have to be approved there. It hasn't gotten to that point yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple plays throughout the year where that, you know, official in, you know, the booth or whatever, in the stands, the umpire, just doesn't make the right call based on the, you know, the video evidence. And it'll be a controversy or whatever. But overall, I think this is a very good thing for baseball. I think it's going to be received rather well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some football on the five-yard line. We had the divisional round of the playoffs last week. Uh, interesting slate of games. We did much better on our predictions yeah. this time around. Uh, Denver got off to a big lead against San Diego in, in the, uh, the AFC game. That was on Sunday night, now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah I was watching that in the hotel room. For in down in Detroit, where they charged me way too much money because of jacked up auto show prices. Yeah, I mean like two hundred ninety five dollars <laughs> a night for oh, a hotel man. room, and it wasn't a good hotel. It was not a good uh, hotel. That was, but it was right across from Kobo, so what can you do? Uh, but yeah, Denver wins twenty four seventeen. You know, San Diego tries to mount a comeback, and then Peyton Manning on a clutch third down play from you know in his his territory. Yeah, uh, Just, that was. Big. He looked right mm-hmm. in this playoffs. It was like a lot of times that we've watched him uh, in the playoffs, he just looked flustered and just doesn't look like himself. But I mean, you could t- like I mean, ice in his veins on that last drive. Just like two was it two or three like first down conversions yeah. that were just like whoa, where did that come from? Um, I mean. I, you you, you got to think that this week they hope their offense plays better. <laughs> their yeah, defense defense really, I mean, won the game for them. I think because they you know they held the Chargers down so long that by the time the Chargers actually could do something, it was just too late in that game. And uh, you just got to think that this week they've got to show up because. I don't think you can hold New England down like that. Well, here's the thing. I think Denver wasn't trying to be as, you know, explosive with their offense, you know, trying to be that, you know, best offense of all time, which, you know, they they got enough points to do that this past regular season. They did run the ball a lot. That's the thing. They tried to run the ball. They tried to be physical up front. They tried to dominate the game in that way. So they weren't putting up points and points and points. Uh, It was effective still, and it was a good thing to develop because – to, to flesh out the offense and make it more well-rounded so a team just doesn't lock down and then you, you've got nothing. Yeah. I but, just To yeah. me, though, it felt like when they played New England before mm-hmm. where they had the game yeah. won. I mean, it was in their hands. They were dominating them, and they just completely stopped and just would run the ball three plays in a row and just like mm-hmm. wouldn't do anything and i was like you can't do that and they finished the game strong like that's how you've got to finish the game you can't you know i know you want to run the clock i know you want to run the ball but you there's ways to do that there you can set up screenplays there's ways to do that and still and that and i i was just happy to see the way they finished because i think that to me was more important than how they started the game mm-hmm. yeah, got up with those things away but they lose their best cover corner yeah uh, Chris Allen, and that's not good for their opponent Mm-mm. coming up. Uh, New England just thumped the Colts. Andrew Luck, you know, a lot of interceptions. interceptions. Second play of the game, or something like that. Legarrette <laughs> Blunt lit it up with four uh, touchdowns. Is is what I did there? <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't need school. He... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. oh man! And then, then he and he punched a guy in the face. Oh no! Wait, that was in college. Oh man! But uh, he got four touchdowns. Uh, yeah, you know, Ridley got two touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns to the Patriots. Uh, pretty rare when you know Tom Brady doesn't throw for a touchdown, but 
That was just domination for the Patriots. And now you know that it's going to be Tom Brady throwing the ball more than likely against the Broncos to try to expose the, the weekend secondary. Yeah. So watch out for that. So it's going to be Brady v. Manning. Broncos and Patriots to the AFC Championship. I'd say that's probably what the media, the fans, everybody would probably wanted. I think so. It sounds sounds about right. Uh, over in the NFC, though, you started on Saturday night with mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans going to Seattle. Seattle had that game significantly in hand. It's, I mean, it, it looked a lot like the Denver Chargers game yeah. where the defense just was not giving up anything at all. Mm-hmm. And the offense was, you know, taking the turnovers that the defense got and scoring but just not that much, you know. It was like I think thirteen nothing for a long until the fourth quarter, So the fourth quarter, and then the Saints started actually doing stuff. And uh, but man, I mean that last play, beast mode again. Just... Oh yeah, yeah, beast mode for for one thing certainly. Uh, you know, New Orleans getting the touchdown though, less than a minute to go, getting the onside kick. You know, it bounced yeah. off a of Seattle player's chest before the ten yard lines. New Orleans recovers. They're running low on time, about you know, 50, 60 yards away. Deep pass, Marcus Colson on the sidelines. And he throws the ball forward instead of backwards, but more importantly, instead of stepping out of bounds when there was time left on the clock. And Drew Brees, one more shot for the end zone. Yeah. How can you do that? I, I would say that he definitely had no idea how much time was left on the yeah. clock. He... I mean, he probably was worried that if he actually looked up to see the time, that someone would tackle him, or that there would be no time. Or if he, yeah, if he stepped out of bounds, yeah, he'd yeah, out of time. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's he. I'm assuming that he just definitely did not know how much time was on the clock. Because if he did, he would have gone out of bounds right there. You still can't throw the ball that forward. Come on, <laughs> you can't do it. Can't do it. Kind of just a little flop out there. San Francisco and Carolina, though Carolina, you know, put up a fight early, and then mm-hmm. San Francisco just wore them down. You know, there was the big controversy in the game, uh, where Colin Kaepernick did the Cam Newton Superman move after he scored a <laughs> touchdown in the end zone. We're really trying to make a big deal out of this, guys. Guys, oh, you mean it's a football game where athletes are competitors, and <laughs> there's going to be some good-natured ribbing? Mm-hmm. No, inconceivable. I think what impressed me more than anything else was the, uh, like, you know, because the Niners, the, you know, their their struggles this year have been on offense, at least during the regular season. And, you know, last week they found ways, to, or the week before they found ways to move the ball. But, you know, we figured they'd do it more because Green Bay's defense just missing so many starters and, I, we don't know if it was the cold or what, but they still struggled in that game. And, you know, this time going up against one of the better defenses in the NFL on the road, and they, I mean, they looked really good at some time, at some points in the game. Um, and, I, you know, Kaepernick made enough plays. Um, but really, it's it's just, I it's their defense. I mean, and now this week, you know, they get to play another, <laughs> probably like the best defense uh, in the NFL, but the division rival, and I, I'm happy with this matchup too. Oh yeah, because I think at least right now, I think this is the best rivalry in the NFL. It is at this time. Um, you know, we could talk about like in the past. You know, there's been a lot of really Steelers, good ones. Ravens, yeah. But this one right now is clearly the best because both teams are making the playoffs every year. It's like a fight to see who's going to win the division every year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Though Colts and Pats back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, it just I seems like that. right now there's such a big focus on this, and I think this is probably what a lot of people want to see in this because these teams hate each other. Mm. But now I'll, I'll say that the 49ers-Panthers game one of the more physical games I've seen. Jeez. Oh, it was it was chippy. People were like, it was chippy because uh, they're they're trying to impose their will physically. Yeah. Yeah. But Joel, 
we had predictions at the beginning of the year for our Super Bowl matchup. Mm-hmm. Now, we both said that the Broncos and the Seahawks would meet up in the Super Bowl. Our, our predictions are still alive. Yeah. Now, granted, I said that on that matchup, I think Denver would win the Super Bowl. You said that Seattle would win. Uh, pretty impressive that we're both still correct so far, though. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people thought... I, I think there are probably a lot of people that thought this was a potential. Mm. Uh, pro- probably a lot of people picking New England, too. I mean, that's you can, it's not a bad pick, either. Well, yeah, you didn't think that, you know, before the year started, they'd lose both their tight ends. Yeah, and still be in the championship mm-hmm. game. That's crazy. So here's the question for you as you make the play. Who moves on to the Super Bowl? Will your prediction, our predictions, stay intact after this Sunday? Hmm. Well, I mean, first off, both of the teams that we picked are home teams. They are. And, you know, the Seahawks even more, but both of them have pretty significant home field advantages. Because Seahawks just, it's ridiculously loud. And the Broncos, you have to deal with that elevation. You have to deal with everything that comes with that elevation. Getting, you know, getting cramps more, whatever it is, uh, kicks. The kicks were a huge part of the Chargers-Broncos game. And the Chargers clearly lost the special teams in that game. Um, And uh, so, I mean, you got to deal with that kind of stuff. And... uh, I think that's I think that's another reason to favor these teams. Not only that, but I like I actually think the Broncos are a better team than New England. I think the Seahawks are a be, you know, have a better defense than the Niners. Um so I, I think I am gonna go with both the home teams in this one. I think that we will have actually somehow <laughs> predicted both those teams making it to the Super Bowl. I hope you're right. But something in me doubts both teams. I think no team is playing better right now than the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, on both sides of the ball, they're just the more well-rounded team. And now they have, they have Crabtree back, and they have all these other weapons you know, back, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. They're really starting to put it together. They are peaking at the right time, which is key. Seattle, on the other hand, Russell Wilson has not played well. Mm-hmm. Now, I said last week that if you know, he didn't really play well, they were in danger of losing. You know, not necessarily the case. Um, you know, I think the rest of the team played well enough that they helped kind of make up for that. Uh, yeah. and the defense especially, you know, in, in the, the beginning of the game at, at least. Mm-hmm. But uh, you do that against... A team with a very good defense and a you know quarterback who is similar, uh, you might be asking for trouble. New England, as well, with the development of that running game, is just a more dangerous threat mm-hmm. uh, right now. Now the defense is not as strong, but with you know I think that cornerback injury for Denver, Chris Allen, I think that's going to be a bigger deal than most people think because that exposed you know. Exposes Brady's passing game more, and you know gives them flexibility for play action with that running threat. Can Denver keep up? It's hard to say. So I think both home teams are in danger of losing this week, uh, and I think there is going to be some uncertainty. As far, you know, I'd like to say I'll, I'm going to stick with my prediction. Mm-hmm. I I could say that it really could go any way. They're going to be very entertaining games to watch. Oh wait, I'm going to be on a plane. <laughs> mm. uh, I think we should get in town early. Maybe that's you know, flying out to New Mexico. That just sucks that it's on Sunday. Uh, you know, I, I think they really the games could go either way. But for the sake of sticking true to my pick, I'll I will go with you as well. I say we're going to get it right, and then we will talk <laughs> next week 
about what it will be, who yeah. will be right. The um, I will say one thing. Think about it. Um, you know, can the Seahawks run the ball like that against the Niners? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really don't know about that because that I mean that's the strength of the 49ers defense mm-hmm. right there in the middle. Um, and uh, I mean, if you look at all the yardage that Marshawn Lynch Lynch got in the middle of the field, it's yep. like crazy. Like mm-hmm. I think he had like at least ninety yards, like right in the middle of. The field. I don't think they went left with him once. I think everything else is the right. Like, uh, but uh, I don't. I don't really don't know. And the thing is, if it wasn't for him running the ball like that, I mean, that game would have been super close. Mm. against the saints um russell wilson has to make plays oh yeah in this game he absolutely has to because i don't i think that the niners are just going to stack the box and make him beat them and uh i think i think of the two i think calling option i think yeah i think colin kaepernick is the more dynamic player um i think that he can beat you a lot more with his legs than than Russell Wilson can, and I think that's that's kind of been the difference is that he can extend plays, and if if you stay back, he's going to take off and and get twenty yards on you like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what won the game against the Packers. So um, I think I actually I don't know why because like usually in the playoffs, Tom Brady scares me. Like I, I just feel like he can beat anybody. Um, but for some reason, like I think if there if there was an upset between the two, I'm leaning more towards the 49ers. Interesting. I would say the Patriots. I, and I don't know if that's just because I think Denver's finally going to awaken <laughs> this week or something. They're they're finally like I feel like, you know, early in the season we saw them just scoring ridiculous mm-hmm. amounts of points on everybody. The horses I, will come out of their stables. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Peyton Manning's like, I, and I feel like it could be both ways. I feel like it's it'll just be like a quarterback duel, mm-hmm. like it, you know, with the development of that running game, that's nice and everything. But I feel like when you when it comes down to it, what everyone wants to see is those two throwing bombs down the field. That's what I want. We gotta enjoy it because it may be the last time you know these quarterbacks play with this kind of you know matchup and weight on the line. Yeah, you know, for this kind of importance of the game. Um, but I'll throw out an interesting stat. I'll end it with this um, stat I heard earlier this week. Just shows you the different kinds of quarterbacks we're dealing with and how in both matchups, the two quarterbacks are very similar to each other in their styles. But when you compare the AFC and NFC, very, very different. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, rushing totals for the year combined Minus 13 yards. Uh, Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick rushing yards combined for the year. 1,063. Very, very different types of quarterbacks, but they're very similar with each other. Yeah, and I think you've got, as far as teams go, I think you've got much better defensive teams in the NFC than you've got in the AFC. Yeah. I, I, I just think, you know, there's... And there's injuries even on the AFC's defensive teams, so it will be interesting to see, you know, whoever comes out of that, you know, the better because I think I think clearly the better offensive teams are in the AFC. Mm-hmm. If if who has the advantage there, right? It will be entertaining, that's for sure. I got to make sure there's got to be some way I can watch these games. Oh no, yeah, got to be gotta... some way. Better be a good plane that has TV on it. Mm-hmm. Although I think that might be one coming back. I'm not sure on the way out. Oh. Uh, oh, well. Well, I'll find some sort of way just watching SportsCenter replays in the hotel room later in the day. We're going to three different locations. So I, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, a, it's the 19th through the 22nd is, you know, th- this trip. So I'm staying in hotel rooms the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st. Mm-hmm. Staying in three hotel rooms, one each night, because we're moving around to different locations for these shoots. <laughs> it's going to be a bit crazy. Don't get too comfy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's at least they're in hotels. One of them we could have stayed in was like 
Will we have tents available? Oh, like a motel? No. <laughs> Can we just stay in like a normal budget hotel? <laughs> Doesn't have to be the greatest room. The room I stayed in, uh, in the Detroit hotel that was stupidly expensive. Water didn't flow to the toilet on the last day. Aww. I mean, like, uh, well, I mean, at least the games are like on like basic cable. So. Exactly. <laughs> like... So. The most basic amenities <laughs> should have it. You're like football, toilets, bed, shower. It's all I need. <laughs> it's like I don't even need my. I don't even need my ice. Like you don't even have to have the ice thing. There you go. <laughs> well, hopefully next time we have this podcast, it'll be on Wednesday night. We'll mm. be talking about Super Bowl matchups that we've predicted successfully at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that would be a nice touch. Um, and then we'll, we'll just have to talk about the matchups and then see who will be right. Yeah. And then the fun part with that, because we had the uh, Super Bowl MVP, which are usually crapshoots. If uh, the matchups are right, those yeah, might I, I, still be I don't be know. I feel like well. didn't. I think I might have like on the forums asked if uh, like a few Super Bowl matchups. Maybe I don't know. I thought I might have like asked that question earlier in the year or something. Well, you may have. Let's. Uh, yeah. Um, but if I did, then we can go back and look at them next week and see what everybody picked and how different they are. We had a couple. Um, yeah. actually, no, just one. <laughs> uh, Detlef Schrempf, who did very well in his predictions this year, mm-hmm. uh, picked Houston to beat San Francisco. Okay. Unfortunately, well, we that, that, Houston, that Houston didn't turn out so well. Ah, I think last year I had Houston maybe getting pretty far. I think maybe, you did, yeah. Yeah. Um, glad I didn't <laughs> that far. Jeez. Not this year. Wow. They, I Them, mean, Atlanta, Washington. So disappointing. I mean, now we have questions about, like, is, is Houston going to get a new quarterback in the draft? And... Mel Kiper, number we, one in the mock draft. Johnny Manziel. Yeah, we, we didn't think about that earlier in the year. I mean, I, I'm seeing Teddy Bridgewater. I'm seeing Johnny Manziel. I'm seeing all these good things. I think Johnny's probably jumping up higher now that he's actually declared. Well, that um, and it's the, the Texas connection. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. We shall see all in the weeks and months to come. Well, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the weekend sports. Have a good one.